Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the world's greatest podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, baby. We are back, the three of us again, and another heartache filled weekend for me, but not for Stan. And that's the only place we can start, Wembley Stadium. Stan, United's first trophy in six years, Eric Tenag has brought you back to where big teams usually kick on from, and that is the League Cup, Stan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's won the first trophy he could have won, which I suppose you can't ask for more than that. Uh, first trophy for United in, well, yeah, just coming up to six years. It will be six years, end of this season, if we didn't win anything. But luckily, luckily we won yesterday 2-0 against Newcastle. Um and yeah, I agree with you. I mean, looking back just at United, uh, United won the League Cup in 2006 against Wigan and uh, that squad of players went on to win back-to-back-to-back Premier Leagues with League Cups in there uh, and the Champions League in there as well, as well as a few other Champions League finals. So it can, it can set up a team for a period of something. It could give them that belief, something to kick on from and, and you know, just the ability to have won a final uh, can be massive for you in, in certain moments, uh, you know, getting across the line. But yeah, the, 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 this time, 12 months ago, um, I mean, it was the season was over in February, pretty much as soon as we got Rangnick in. It was kind of a job to see out the rest of the season and, and you know, see who wanted to be there, who, who didn't. And a lot of the players that are performing now are players that were part of that squad. Uh, we, you've got the new ones like Casemiro and Martinez, who, you know, stood out yesterday along with alongside Varane. But uh, in the main, it's players that were at United last season during I mean, a period that was worse than uh, Moyes for me. At least Moyes, we were still reigning champions and we had some players that I still liked, but I didn't like anybody this time last year. So the job that he's done, I mean, even going from that Brentford 4-0 at half-time is, 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 you know, brilliant. We've still only lost one game in all comps at Old Trafford and that was the opening day against Brighton. And since the World Cup, United have probably been the best team in Europe, if not one of in terms of results and performances. So yesterday, capped it off very well after beating Barca over two legs. Uh, we got through that one and, and, you know, this was his first, it was his first final, his first chance at silverware and United have come away with two goals and a clean sheet. So you can't really ask for any more than that at all. So yeah, definitely a stepping stone. Hopefully it's just the beginning. Uh, I think it will be. It feels different now than it has done at United since Fergie left. And uh, just with sticking with Man United in that game, I thought they were so convincing in, in the final third. Otherwise, Casimiro might have something to say to Bruno at the end of uh, full-time stand for not scoring it for him, even though he just yeah. went But that's the mentality, though, isn't yeah. it? That, that is the mentality. It's, it's the mentality that he brings and, and you know, signing him... Uh, seems like an absolute bargain for what he's brought, not only on the pitch, but off it, like you say, though, that mentality. Uh, he's a club's highest earner and, and, you know, he's behaving like the club's highest earner, probably the first time since Fergie that our highest earner has been, you know, worthy of that title. So, yeah, Casemiro's ridiculous. Uh, his performance yesterday, the performance since he's pretty much got himself into the team has been brilliant, you know, barring the uh, the choke on on Will Hughes, it's been almost perfect, I'd, I'd be I'd be close to saying. But yeah, United as a team, they needed this. We have players in the team like Casemiro, Varane, of course. Uh, De Gea's won titles, things like that. Uh, the odd cup here and there spread out. But as this group, I think it was important that the run we've been on 
uh, the momentum that we've been building uh, that we that we went and won the game yesterday and it, United never really got out of second gear but uh, we didn't really have to Newcastle had a lot of the ball a lot of territory but I can't really remember any period during the 90 minutes where I thought that United wouldn't win the game especially after going 1-0 up and definitely 2-0 up uh, it felt pretty secure so Really good performance, professional performance, uh, and it's a performance that you know United need to kick on again. Now they need to go up a level, and we need to be looking at you know, other competitions, which we're still in the other three that we entered the start of the season. So you know, never know. Quadruple might be on. Oh, fucking hope not. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving on, Jim. I want to talk a little bit about New. Dan touched on it a little bit then, and I, th- I thought for the amount of fans they took and the feel-good factor and all the stuff I saw on social media, to give them just two shots on target, I thought was very poor, given the, the run they've been on. And I, I know people can say Gimoresh was half fit, but you still expect more, especially because it's a cup final, and especially it's because it's the first cup final for a lot of players. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't say the wasn't all of the occasion or anything like that. I, I, I think weirdly, it was, it was probably the better side. Um but goals change games, and that Casemiro one, I think even Stan will tell you, they came out of nowhere. I think Newcastle in that first half an hour were the, the team on the ball. You, you didn't really see much of Rashford or Bruno. Bruno's pretty much defending for the first half hour. Um, and I thought Newcastle actually played well, and they were probably worthy of the goal themselves, but I think they let themselves down a little bit in the final third. There's a few times where they didn't play the right pass or they didn't take the shot when they should have. I thought ASM was brilliant, but it can be frustrating at times because he'll beat a man and then he'll go and beat him again. And it's like, you've already done him. You can put a cross in or have a pop at De Gea. And he did have a good shot on De Gea when he, in the first half when he skinned Dallow, but he was never really going to beat him from that angle. Um, and listen, I, I, I thought, yeah, I thought he played well and Bruno Guimaraes again. And even though he, he might have been half thin, he went down a few times, didn't he, in the game? And you kind of think if he goes off, it's game over with the record they have without him. But he was brilliant. Um, and he was in versus Casemiro pretty much. And Casemiro nullified his friends. His Jolinton didn't really do much, did he? But I don't know. I think it's there's not been a final in what, 20, 20 odd years since the late 90s. He's not won one in. 67 or whatever it is um, I thought he was okay and I thought it's, it's it's a big moment for Newcastle as a club really to get into a final and to play at that obviously they'd want a better result and it's, it is a shame like you say that they haven't really scored after taking so many down south to not give the fans something to cheer for it's probably a bit disappointing I can get where you're coming from there um, but I, I do think they'll learn from it um, and you've seen I've seen some live footage at the end and Trippy was trying to cheer Bruno up at the end. And you can kind of get the gist of who's probably saying you'll be in more finals because, yeah, he's a brilliant player. He's fantastic. And for someone who watches as much French football as they do on a Sunday, I've, I've watched him a lot before he went to Newcastle and hit him out of the of the midfielders of Toliso and, and Nombele and then him with Fakir. He was the one who you thought he's probably not going to achieve the most, although he is talented. And then now it looks like he could potentially get a massive move somewhere if he doesn't want to stay at Newcastle because Real Madrid reportedly interested in him. And we've spoken many a time on this podcast, Jim, obviously about South Americans in there. So they've got to they've got to keep him to build. I said, up. I, said, I, said to Stan, I said Stan during the game. I'd have him at City tomorrow, but hundred percent. He like you said, like Stan said to me, um, we don't know. 
if players are going to be leaving Newcastle nowadays like they used to do. Yeah, they might if uh, Amanda Stavely keeps kissing them. Yeah, that was a bit odd, wasn't it? She seemed very uh, infatuated by Sven Botman. He was a handsome lad himself, but oh, yeah. he, he, got it, <laughs> he got a bit, um, Funny a bit intense. Yeah, Funny he's definitely. definitely. <laughs> hey, Robbie, friend of the pod, Robbie, I'll tell you, Sven Botman has got a wonderful left foot. <laughs> but yeah, that was very uncomfortable. Stan, for someone who probably watched it as long as that, that was very weird, I thought. <laughs> well yeah I don't know she's heavily involved uh, isn't she Ooh. so but no Jim's uh, Jim's right I think Newcastle will be involved in more finals so Sven Botman will I mean it didn't end up going down as an own goal eventually Opta gave it to Rashford so whether he's got mates there I don't know because he looked to have completely scuffed it to me but um, yeah so at least Botman didn't have an own goal to his name so I suppose you know he scored in every round as well Rashford after getting yeah, he has yeah yeah uh, he did, I think she's incredible yeah, so we conceded in the 60th minute against Villa in the opening game, uh, the second goal that was, and then United didn't concede a goal all the way until winning it. So I, th- I think, to be fair, the difference is United are the Manchester United, should I say, sorry, Newcastle fans, are the better team yeah, right. at the moment and in general. But it's a final, and I do I agree with Jim, probably over the 90 minutes, Newcastle definitely had the territory. Um and I think the difference was probably the fact that United have had have players, even in without Casemiro and Varane, we've got players in the squad that have won cups at United. Uh, Luke Shaw, Marcus Rashford, De Gea has won a title. Uh, Martinez and Anthony have won leagues and, and cups, you know, in in Holland. And we've got Eric Ten Hag, and I think the difference probably was the players and the manager on the day. And United, Manchester United, looked like a team that. You know, as a squad, they've played, they've won the titles and they've been in finals, as you know, with United or, or elsewhere. And, and you know, we had Eric Ten Hag, he looked like a manager who was, it was just another game for him. Whereas Eddie Howe, uh, he was getting, talking a lot about how big it was for him. And, you know, the last time he was at Wembley, it was a playoff in 98 and he messed up and he never thought he'd get there. And I mean, I think that's the difference, mentality maybe, but Newcastle will be in finals, uh, you know, with the investment that they've got. Um, you know, it'll be the first of a few and it's a learning curve for them, but I think they just came up against a team, to be fair, there's probably not many teams that you wouldn't want to play than this United side in the form we've been in in the last few months. So, yeah, 2-0, one of those things, straightforward and hopefully, I think both clubs, it won't kill either club, If you know, it won't kill Newcastle that they lost, I don't think it would have killed United, I think. Uh, you know, the win's big for either side, but, you know, even if you ended up the loser yesterday, I think both teams are heading in the right direction and they'll both be in more finals uh, either way, you know, despite what happened yesterday. Welcome back. And we're going to play another game. It doesn't feel like we've played enough games over the last few weeks, as pointed out by Mr. Cunliffe, but we're going to play one here and it's 11 a bull and you know, we have settled the legal fees with um, uh, Warwick Davis, so we are allowed to play this. Um, and as always, it's linked to something that we've spoken about. And as you know, we've only spoke about the uh, Cara Bobbins Energy Drink Cup so far in this podcast. Uh, so we're going to talk about it again, and it's the last time Manchester United won. So again, linking in even deeper. But we're not going to go with the United side. Do you know who United beat that day? What year was it? 2017, almost a year, six years, sorry. Southampton. Aston Villa? It was Southampton, yes, it was 3-2. 
So I won Southampton side that day. And I'll let Jim go first because he, he, he told oh, me Southampton. Hell. That doesn't mean I know anything about him. <laughs> oh, well. well. <laughs> you, you, won, you won yourself a shot at first, though. So yeah. can, can, we, can we have the manager? Just so I know what, what, what time period we're looking at. Or not? Is that cheating? The manager. I think, without knowing, I think it was Claude Puel. So about, si- about six years ago. Oh, okay. 2017, yeah. Well, I think it was Claude Puel. All right, I'm just going to um, oh, so guess people who might have already left it at this point because I found to I have a lot of incomings and outcomings, don't we? Um, let's go for, let's say Adam Lallana. I don't left yet. No, he had left. He wasn't there. He was, he was comfortably <laughs> at Liverpool by that point. Um, okay. I'm going to go for what was a Southampton mainstay in Yoshida. Yes, Yoshida did start at the heart of the defence. Jim? Early you pressure. know all of these, by the way. It's just Jim's right. They've had quite a, a, a rotating yeah. door of ins and outs. So, all right, okay. Let's say I do remember was Ryan Bertrand there. Ryan Bertrand was there. He started at left back. Nice, Cookie. Very nice, Jim. I'm going to go for a bit of a wild card again because they've had so many of these types of players. But I'm going to go for Manolo Gabbiadini. He did. He was a wild card, but he also scored two goals for Southampton that day, making it 2-2. Oh, right. A 2-0 down in the first half, so I saw that shared quite a lot at half-time when we were 2-0 up, but thankfully that wasn't the case. I was going to say, I Jim? saw that in the other day. Maybe that was it. Gabby he's a forgotten baller, him. Yeah, he scored two. Yeah, I know, Jim. And had one, and had one wrongly disallowed for offside as well, so... All right, we're going to have another one that could have potentially left as well. <laughs> I'm going to go with Tadic. No, Tadic was there. He played at 10. Be off oh, Manolo Gabbiadini. Oh. Cookie, back to you. Straight back to you. Quick fire, 11 of all. It is good, yeah. It's, uh, it's nice. It's nice. I'm going to go for... Ooh. I'm going to go for Nathaniel Klein, but I think he was at Liverpool. Yeah, he wasn't at Southampton. He might have been, but he didn't play. So, no, it's not him. So, you've got one wrong each. So, back to Jim. Let's have a little tink here. Right, what have we got? What, so you've have, we got, got, have we got a formation, by the way? Yeah, so it's 4-2-3-1. So you've got one of the centre-halves, the left-backs. So that was Yoshida and Bertrand. And then you've got the 10 and the striker, which was Tadic and Gabi Udini. So you've got your wingers, your two centre-mid, a keeper, a centre-back and a right-back. I know we're definitely going to know all these as well. Just you trying definitely to think do of, all of them. Just trying to think of the team. Who did they used to have Southampton? Well, I don't know if you know if he was in the eleven, but I just feel like he's always been there. So I'm just going to guess Ward Prowse. He was. He played right, right of the three. He was. Oh, Ward Prowse was there. Cookie, back to you. Oh, I'm going to go for the goalkeeper Fraser Forster. It was big Fraser. It was. Started okay. yesterday in Spurs win over Chelsea. Did he started on that day? He looks like an hard man Fraser Forster, I think. Really? Like, he's about, he's about fucking six seven, isn't he? I don't fuck with him. He looks well hard. I think he looks mentally challenged. Big, <laughs> big Johnny guy. <laughs> well, he, probably, he probably is. I just need to get. Um, so you need right back, centre half, two centre mids are still available, and left wing. Wingers are hard. 
don't know. They're all odd. I feel like I'm just going to have to guess someone I think might have left. Had 2017. Nah, he'd have gone. Nah, he'd have gone. I'm just going to have to say because I've got no one else in my head, but I reckon he'd probably had it left. But Lovren. No, yeah, no, he'd gone. He'd yeah. gone. He was at the oh, scouts. 2017. I was going to say Sophie Amberfall. No, it's, it's a good shout. It's, I think he probably was there, but right. So I'll, I'll give you a few clues now if I can. Okay. <laughs> so right back. Um, begins with the same letter as the right back that Cook guessed before. So let's see how your memory was. Which was Clyde, I'll tell you that. So it's a C. <laughs> That's about the, the, the two sentiments. Um, one of them uh, is, I believe, playing up in Scotland. One of them has gone back to his native Spain. A winger. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah, I know that. I know that one. Uh, and the winger adds a colour in his last name. <laughs> all right okay out of all them I literally got one of them and he was a right. great player and C could have bought him at one stage is it Romeo? yes Oreo Romeo. there we go yeah was it centre mid big he was big so you've got you've got somebody with a letter C at right back you've got a young, uh, a Southampton Academy player at centre half you uh, did play a fair few Prem games for him though yeah. um You've got a centre mid who I believe is up in Scotland now, playing for one of the big two, or he was recently anyway. Stephen Davis. It was Stephen Davis. There we go. So that's a midfield two, Romeo and Davis. So and the winger has a colour in his name. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Being back to you. Um, it's me thinking of colours now. I don't think I have anyone of it. Get, get this over with quickly. He, he owes me a hair transplant. So if that that's a very old Cookie Pod reference. So it's whether you can remember that at all. I'll, uh, do you know what? I like Cook take the reins here. I feel like he's got one and I'm not. Nathan Redmond. It is Nathan Redmond. Uh, there we yeah. go. He owes me a hair transplant. <laughs> See, I thought I'm just Townsend. <laughs> and then the centre half. Well, Academy centre half. Well, yeah, that is true, actually. He does owe do me. Do you want me to tell you the other two? Well, it's not worth the nationalities, or is it just English? So you've got Portuguese right back and English centre-half. Oh, centre Cedric. Yeah, well done, Cedric yeah. at right back. And uh, Stevens at centre-half, who I believe yeah. is now on loan in the Championship somewhere. I saw the other day. Oh, right. I think it's Norwich or something. Is it Jack Stevens, I want to say? Oh, yeah, that's probably right. Uh, sounds like know. a made-up Bournemouth player. Sounds like a really nice is a is a is a regen, yeah. Southampton regen. And there you go. So, Fraser Forster. Fraser Forster, Cedric Yoshida, Stevens Bertrand, Romeo and Davis with Ward Prowse, Tadic and Redmond behind Manolo Gaviadini, the goal scorer that day. Should have had a hat trick, but he didn't. And Zlatan made it 3 2 for United. There we go. Right, listeners, that music can only mean one thing. It is, of course, bet of the week. So, betting apps at the ready and get ready to win some money for your pig of a half. So, starting at the Emirates Stadium, Arsenal versus Bournemouth. I'm going to go for both teams to score. Rizal, Arsenal in that one. Then we're going to head down to Villa Park. We're going to go Aston Villa to beat Crystal Palace. Then we're going to go Chelsea versus Leeds. I think it will be both teams to score. Result Chelsea in that one. And lastly, we're going to go 
Leicester versus Southampton. We're going to go for both teams to score. No draw in that one. So just to recap about the week, Arsenal versus Bournemouth. Both teams to score result. Arsenal. Aston Villa to beat Crystal Palace. Chelsea, both teams to score result against Leeds. And Leicester versus Southampton. Both teams to score. No draw in that one. And Stan, what can the listeners do with that one? They can shove it up the little lackers. Right, welcome back, Cookie Podcast listeners. Um, we're actually going to talk a bit about the Champions League round of 16. We've come to an halfway stage. Everyone's played the one leg. We've obviously done our predictions. Um, some on the podcast have been told they have zero ball knowledge. Um, looking, at, looking at me and you, this, and apparently we, we don't oh, have any knowledge. What, that's about it's, right. It's a fair comment. It's a fair, it's a fair comment. Um, we, yeah, that's just our blind love for Scott Parker, unfortunately. It is, it is, and you know what? There's still a second leg to play, so... I'll fucking simmer down, yeah. Um, interestingly, despite its um, dominance of European football, apparently, no Premier League side has actually won a game. Um, three sides lost and City drew. Um, and City themselves, I can tell you from watching the game, were pretty shit. Um, so you go, we got a one-all draw at Leipzig. Um, Liverpool got... That was probably the game of the last sixteen, wasn't it? Really, lads. If you if you if you watched it, that they went two up early at Anfield, and Madrid just just a Leon in this competition. They just found a way. They just kill us. Um, Vinicius and Benzema helping into a, a five-two win there. Um, Spurs got beat one-nil at the San Siro. Um, I believe that's that's still in the balance. That I think they had a few chances, didn't they? And I think that's that'll be an interesting tie, especially going back to the. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and there's no away goals as well, so it's not a bad result for Spurs. It's not it's not terrible anyway. Um, and same can be said for Chelsea, who only 1-0 down themselves against Dortmund. Um, they played in front of a capacity yellow wall that hasn't been seen in a few years, so that was always going to be a tough game, and especially the way Chelsea are playing Cook. So, yeah, I think the Chelsea and Spurs ones, and the C one, um, are all in the balance, but Liverpool look to be as good as out of every competition. Um, the, re- the reverse of United, Stan. Um, Liverpool was in all four competitions last year and threatened to win the quadruple and now we're in what? Um, the start of March, end of February and the season's oh. over. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 12 months ago it was the flip again. Liverpool were in everything and United were about to go out the Champions League against the Madrid side. Not the Real one, but the Atletico one. So, yeah. It's, it's amazing what... Um, what, uh, what you know the difference a year can make so yeah, yeah it, it is um, and Cook did you, the big tie was um, PSG Bayern Munich and um, I don't know if you watched this one but Bayern Munich ended up winning um, there's still there's, there's still not away with it because obviously there's no Mbappe and no Messi on the night and they look back to their best on Sunday um, but the way Bayern Munich just went to France and kind of dominated was would have been a bit worrying for me if I was a PSG fan yeah I I would agree with that 100% and Julian Lerone was saying as well as as that that Paris really needed to score at home just for more of the morale to say even when these players aren't playing we can still go toe to toe but there wasn't really that belief when two of the superstars aren't playing and to be a, an elite club and to win this competition you've got to show your depth and you've got to flex how big your squad is and their squad should be deep and it should definitely be going toe-to-toe with Bayern. We're not saying beaten, but you need to put on a performance. I thought Paris were really poor in this one and I thought Bayern were very professional 
and Nagelsmann's not been exactly killing it this year. He's been under a lot of pressure himself, so that's definitely alleviated some pressure for him and put it definitely on Christophe Gaultier, who was nearly scrapping with a Marseille fan in uh, La Classique last night. don't know if you've seen that. I haven't seen that. Um, but yeah, like you said, it was, it was only 1-0 though and Pavard ended up getting himself sent off right at the end. And Idiots. It's, it wasn't re- it's really 1-0 not being a away goal. That the game is still in the balance, and PSG um, have got Messi and Mbappe back, so another really close game. Um, Stan Napoli went away to Frankfurt and won two nil. Um, Victor Osman can't stop scoring uh, in this campaign. Napoli have won every single game, barring um, a dead rubber at Anfield because he was already did already won the group. So, and Napoli aren't a team anyone's talked about as winners of the Champions League, but they're playing like them. They are, yeah. I mean, probably the classic dark horses outside of your, uh, your obviously your English teams, uh, your big Spanish team there in, in Real Madrid and, and, you know, Bayern and PSG, I suppose. But, I mean, they're playing as good as anybody else in the competition week in, week out domestically as well. And, and I mean, the stats in the Champions League, the record, like you've just said there, speak for itself. And when you've got a, a player like Osserman who seems to score every game and, 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 a, and a creator like Kvarach Gailey who seems to set him up every game, you know, the rest of the team can be solid if you've got two players like that. So there'll be a real danger, I think, to every single team. It's a team that nobody will want to draw in the next round because, you know, you'd imagine they get through going to uh, going to Naples with a 2-0 lead, even without away goals. So they'll be, they will be the team that, you know, all the big boys will be wanting to avoid because you don't want to go to Napoli, uh, to that crowd, uh, to Napoli in this form, top of Serie A, uh, and, and need to get a result. So, uh Definitely one to avoid, but Napoli, I mean, it'd be great if, if that happened. Somebody like that, it's been a while since a proper underdog has won the Champions League. So, uh, yeah, I'll hope to them. They're my team in it. They're my dog in the fight anyway, if I want anybody to win it. So I hope it's them. Yeah, and I, I will say this, and great pronunciation on the flair. Thank um, you. Cook, are they, are they um, this year's Monaco this year's Ajax are they ultimately going to get to a semi-quarter-final whatever Finley Bob got to a semi-final Monaco and Ajax and then they end up getting kind of raided by the bigger clubs because they've got some interesting players there Stan's just mentioned two of them they've got the um, the centre-back Kim Menje who's everyone wanted anyway um, so yeah they could be another one of them teams couldn't they? Definitely they could be potentially this year's Porto and they genuinely could because of how efficient they are. And the only thing I would say that goes against them is the standard of Serie A. Like, how good is Serie A? I, I personally don't watch mm-hmm. it all the time. But, however, I do think on Chelsea's day, City's day, United, Arsenal, Spurs, etc., we would beat them more often than not. I do believe that because of the overall standard. But the Champions League is a weird competition and it throws up some weird matchups, like you've just said there, Monaco. And and Porto actually going winning it in two thousand and four, which is is mental. They're definitely my dark horse for the tournament, and and I think that they they will eventually get raided and then just regenerate this. What's happening? And I think it's definitely worth a punt for him to get to the latter stages. Hundred percent. Yeah, well, they was ten to one to win the tournament before they went to Frankfurt and kicked the ball, and I doubt they'd be ten to one after they get through and get to the quarterfinals and. Um, Interestingly, Serie A, you've just touched on it, but with Inter winning on to Porto, they was, that's the only league to win all three, all their games. Um, Inter, AC and Napoli all winning in the knockout rounds, which might be a bit surprised because we usually we just see Juve go well in the last few seasons. Um, 
And yeah, Porto, like you just said, that they also won. Um, they didn't win. I'm lying there. But it was Benfica who also won um, against <laughs> Club Rouge, and that's when me and Stan got slated. Ah. And that kind, of, that kind of rounds us off. And um, I think, I think looking at um, all the games, maybe bar Benfica going back home with a two goal cushion and Madrid going back to the capital with a three goal cushion, they're all very much in the balance. And I think Stan is right. I think it'd be interesting to see who gets Napoli in the next round because. You're not just playing a great team, but you're playing in front of like a mental crowd. Have you seen like what they're doing already, like in the Serie A this season? Some of the fans, it's not going to be a nice place to go that midweek. Right, hello, Cookie Podcasters, and we promised more games. And here's another one, you fuckers. Here's <laughs> who am I? Um, who am I, guys? Here we go. We're going to go really quick here. Um, just no one can go first. Anyone answer? First clue: the classic. I was born on. The 11th of March, 1988, which means he's 34, but soon to be 35. So we will be wishing you a happy birthday in two weeks. 11th March. Doug Boyle was also born on the 11th of March. So shout out to Doug. Hope you enjoyed <laughs> your day out. But Is that your maybe guess? Next time. Uh, yeah, Doug Boyle. He's about 34, <laughs> 34 isn't he? Uh, he doesn't look a day over 34, but unfortunately he, he, he is a bit older. Ah, okay. Uh, Cook, any stabs? Uh, I'll have um, Morton Gantz Pedersen. <laughs> wow, what a guy. Great guy, but unfortunately not not the answer I was looking for. Um, I have played with Pablo Aymar, Nani, and Sergio Ramos. Oh, shit. Um... Rakitic. It's not Rakitic. Don't believe he's played with Ramos. I'll go for Ander Herrera, but I don't think he played with Aymar. I couldn't tell you, but it's not under Herrera. There ah. could be another player that's played with these three players. <laughs> um, I started and finished my career. He's actually retired. So that's good. Another, kind of another clue there, only 34. At Rio Ave. Or Rio Ave. Don't know how you pronounce it. Fabio Apologies. It is Fabio Contra. Is it? Wow. Great, great pull from Cook. Great that pull. Rio Ave. That, that's very good. Impressive. A, um, a, for- a forgotten Champions League winning player there. Oh yeah, Benfica. Well, you can tell I've been looking at a lot of free agents on Footy Manager in the past few years. <laughs> <laughs> you can see I've been digging deep. Oh, <laughs> well, fair the, enough. It's come the up. Work come is, up the work has paid off. The work has paid off. That's a great pull. Me and Zealand been checking out the loans, loans, loans. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back, listeners. Unfortunately, it is that time of the podcast where we do have to love you and leave you. But have no fear, it is also the time where we do tell you where you can find us where we're not making podcasts. So if you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, you can do so by using the handle cookiepodcast1. That's cookiepodcast followed by the number one. You can also get us on TikTok using the handle thecookiepodcast. We're available on YouTube in clip format. Just search in. That's the way the cookie crumbles. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on our host platform, Anchor FM, and pass the pod to any of your mates, your family, because it really does help us out at the cookie pod. So it has been episode 169 and that's the way the cookie crumbles.